<laughs> you also might need to get closer to your mic because you are very quiet, but... I'll use my ASMR voice today. Ooh. Are you hey, B. NPR now? This sounds like yeah. an NPR show. <laughs> an NPR show. Hello. Welcome to Wheels Up, a Criminal Minds podcast. I'm James, here with my co-host, B. And we are recording Season 1, Episode 12, What Fresh Hell. Now, B, how did you enjoy this episode? You know, James, I really enjoyed the... <laughs> I can't be serious. Fuck, so I, can't, I can't be like, I enjoyed you, any of this episode because I did not. You just need to channel your inner Ira Glass and remember that... No, I have nothing. I didn't remember. It. <laughs> I was gonna say you were going somewhere with that joke. So let me. I'm sorry, Is this a good voice go though? In. Should I should I stay in this mode? Hi. This sounds a little bit like you know when SpongeBob becomes a normal man. That's oh kind God. of what your voice sounds like right now. Let's yeah. though. Let's do talk about season one, okay. episode twelve. What fresh hell? I. I mean, what fresh hell is this episode? Because what fresh hell <laughs> is this episode? You're I... so what goes on? Okay, I enjoyed some of it. I feel like we did get some good like JJ stuff, but on the whole, I did dislike this episode. Yeah, just my general. It wasn't. General. Oh, are we gonna? Are we gonna? Is good. this episode a wheels up or wheels down at the beginning? I'm pretty wheels down on this episode. I don't want to leave the ground for this one. I'm not um, like wheels up excited about it, you know? I'm like a wheels neutral, actually. I was going to say, I'm a wheels medium. I'd give this episode a wheels medium. I'd give this episode a wheels being towed down the runway. <laughs> 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 I'm a wheels broken on this one, gang. I'm a wheels, they're washing the plane, so I have to wait. <laughs> That's how I feel about this episode going into this recording. Okay, so let's talk let's about the episode. Let's actually talk about this because, oh baby. Um, so we start off, I forgot which episode this was. And then when I saw the beginning, I was like, I remember this episode. And then I was expecting something to happen by the end of it that was not this episode. So no, I didn't remember this episode. Here's the thing that I think I've, we've touched on it a little bit with like the last few episodes that we did. I think all of these season one episodes are like trope checklists that yeah. they do better versions of these episodes later. I was just going to say they reuse a lot of these early episode yeah. scenes and plot lines um, uh -huh. and do them better. So I watch these early episodes and I'm like, oh, I remember this. And then like halfway through the episode, I'm like, this doesn't happen. So I think <laughs> I remember the later sense. ones. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> so we start at a soccer game. Um, there's very inspirational music playing over this soccer game. I was watching it like, <laughs> oh. I was like, what good sports am I going to see here today? It felt like the beginning of like an environmental documentary. It was just like, banana. -na. <laughs> over these like kids playing soccer and i was like oh okay wow <laughs> some smooth <laughs> smooth music so soccer game kids playing the coach is yelling 
we see that the coach is a little bit strict being like, if you play like that, we're not going to like <laughs> go to championships. Or yeah. Whatever this coach said. is kind of like a real hard ass. She's like, yeah. we're going to get killed by penalty kicks. If you play like that tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. No, and there's like, yeah. And there's a kid standing beside her with a cast. Um, and it's the daughter. The girl's name is Billy. And she's like, why can't I go? And the mom is like, because we have a game tomorrow. And she's like, what if I get dad to drive me back before the game? And the mom's just like, I said no. Um, it's a very clearly like good cop, bad cop with the parents here. Yeah, And it's very clearly like set up from the beginning so that like when they're like, oh, well, you know, they thought that she was just with the father. You're like, okay, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, actually, I didn't believe that because of the way this section ends. I never believed it. Yeah. Um, because, so, okay, so we figure out the parents are divorced, and then the mom is like, you have a bad attitude, and I want you to fix it before we leave here, which gave me flashbacks to um, my own mother after the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very just like, let her be upset about this. Like, so, yeah, <laughs> it was she, very, like, sympathetic to the girl. She has a broken arm and she can't play soccer and you're still making her go to the I game know. anyway. Like, I thought the broken kids, arm was going to be relevant. Be and now I'm wondering if just, like, the child actor, like, happened to break her arm before the episode. And they were like, <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll just write it in. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it, kid. Yeah. So she goes and she makes her daughter do laps. The girl, okay, first the girl runs directly through the soccer field that people are playing on. <laughs> Which I was really like, I was like, girl. <laughs> I was like, okay, bad attitude queen. I love it. <laughs> and then also she goes so far. Like, what, Like I know she's going to make a secret phone call. But if I was that mom, I'd be like, where are you going? I told you to do laps around the soccer field. Why are you going so far? Like, she fully crosses the park. A soccer field, for those who don't know, is not that big. Not like, like a child's park summer. Yeah, they're soccer playing field. on like a smaller, like a scaled down version of yeah. it. It's not that big. It is not that big. Um, but she goes and then she like hides. Oh, and then we see this like weird old home movie recording lens, which plays up, comes in later, right? Because the guy has home movies, which is a connection I literally just made. But, oh my god. Yeah. They show on the TV home movies of the girls playing soccer. So like when we get oh the shots god, of her I... running towards him, it's that's because he's filming it. Oh my god. I have a criticism about it that though, which shows up later in the episode where I was like this doesn't make any sense. But I yeah. think that's what it is. They're literally like this man is out here recording them. I didn't realize that until literally yeah. just now when until you said just that. Just now. I started talking and I went, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> I love that we can, I love that we'll just like talk ourselves into making sense on this show. I think that's the most fun <laughs> yeah. thing we do. Yeah. So the girl hides behind a tree and calls her dad and her tiny little pink flip bone. And <laughs> tiny little pink flip bone it's is so, so cute. cute. It's so cute. Um, And she leaves a voicemail basically being like, hey, Call me back. I really want to spend time with you. Mom's being a bitch. Like, okay, call me back. Bye. And she hangs up. 
And then there's like a close up on her, like fiddling with her necklace. So then I thought, oh, they're going to like find her necklace in the grass. But they do not go to the park this episode. They also keep showing this one kid who's hanging upside down. And he is not anyone they talk to in this episode. Like, this is what we're talking about with Chekhov. Like, don't spend like 15 seconds showing me this girl's necklace for it not to be important. Don't show me this kid staring at her and watching her walk away and then not have him come up again later. Like, literally, what is the point of that? It's a weird choice that they make with the B-roll this episode, especially this early on. Yes. Like, Like, it's, it's just weird. We have the one thing we have been consistently praising Criminal Minds for is the setup and the payoff of certain things, right? The gun in the guy's briefcase, Hotch's ankle gun. Like, we have been praising this. This episode, they went, hey, you know that thing you thought we were good at? We're not. <laughs> what if we say no? Yeah. So, <laughs> So the guy comes up. And you can see that he has a leash and she's like, oh, we'll help you get your dog back. I just lost my dog. I understand what it's like. I know how it feels. So she walks off with him and then it cuts to her like in the van banging on the side of the window, which really (laughs) confused me because like one, nobody saw that. Okay. And two, people keep talking about how they saw this green SUV drive out and no one mentions the the girl in the window. I mean, she is literally like the the street is like two feet back from the bench in front of the park, the playground. Like people are right there and they all saw the SUV, but no one saw the girl banging on the window. I just thought that was an interesting like. What? Also, why would you kidnap a girl and not like. Hide her better. It's like he just like threw her to the back seat and was like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's so fucking strange. Tint your windows. They took that much time to be like, everybody, like, everybody saw this green van. And then nobody apparently actually saw this green van, apparently. Yeah, but apparently, like, nobody saw the green van, though. (laughs) It's just, like, so, like, okay, sure. Ugh. Criminal minds. Okay. Minds, what are you doing? And then we cut to Gideon's office. Oh my god, I noticed something else that gave me actually kind of some feelings. So when Rossi comes, he takes Gideon's office, right? Mm -hmm. So Gideon's office. Does he? Yeah, because it's next to Hot. Yeah, yeah, the layout. Okay, yeah, sorry. I thought the layout was flipped when it was in Rossi's office, but I think that's just how they filmed it in an episode I just saw. Yeah, I but they're next to each other. Rossi takes Gideon's office, right? Yeah, okay. And, oh God, this gave me so many feelings. Gideon's desk is on the opposite side of the room from Rossi's, from where Rossi puts his. And I was like, oh my God, what if they have like designated like sides of the room they like their desk on from back in the day when they started and they had their like desks up against each other. So now they like always sit on that side of the room. And I was like, oh my God, best bros. Yeah. <laughs> that's I think why it confused me and why I thought they were 
two different rooms because the desks yeah. are flipped like completely yeah. on the other side of the room that must have been why i thought yeah. it was weird okay yeah i get it now yeah gideon like and you walk in the door gideon's desk is to the right but rossi puts his desk to the left and i think it's because they're used to facing each other so now they have like desk direction preferences best bros i don't make me emotional about the old men i can't do it i can't in this episode especially, I can't do it. I can't have uh. emotions about the old men of Criminal Minds. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I will humanize everybody on this show if it's the last thing that I do. I know. I'm just still angry at Gideon for last week, but he kind of oh. makes up for it this week. No, but... he does not. He violates the law in the end of this episode. I got a lot of notes about it. Okay, shit. Then let's just get through this episode. Yeah, Because Penelope comes into Gideon's office. Oh, and she's so like, cute. oh, you sent me flowers. Thank you. And yeah. he is just, his expression is so blank. It's his so expression. He's, he's got that like guarded look of like, I don't know what she's talking about, but. But I'm welcome. just going to smile and nod along. Yeah. And then JJ is like in the doorway being like, pretend I'm not here. Pretend I'm not here. Like so she's funny. standing there for a while too. For a long time, just being like, "What is happening right With now?" With a missing child's case, <laughs> she is waiting her turn. Oh, I didn't even think about that. They like have a time limit, and she's like in the doorway, like I'll just let them finish. <laughs> like, yeah. Penelope needs this. I'm just gonna let her have this moment and not interrupt. And then immediately, as soon as she comes in, she's like, "Missing child's case, urgent." Yeah. <laughs> like, Actually, okay. it's so funny. Okay, so. Penelope like points out the all the photos on on Gideon's desk, the like Gideon's like table that he has, and is like, "Is that your family?" And he just goes, "No," and she's like, "Okay," and leaves. And JJ, <laughs> it's like, so funny. JJ comes in and goes, "Did you buy Penelope flowers?" And Gideon's like, "No," and she just makes his face like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> it's just the beginning of this is just it's like what's happening this wasn't meant to be comical and yet (laughs) i this is i think this is criminal minds hitting its stride that stride that we talk about where they get that like half crime show half workplace comedy like we are getting into the like every single one of these nerds is so socially awkward but they're so socially awkward in their own very specific ways so like they're all they their awkwardness like clashes with each other you know yeah like penelope's too nice gideon doesn't understand the kids reed doesn't get like social niceties morgan like doesn't understand when people are like mean to him jj doesn't get it when people like don't just like tell the truth and they all conflict and it's so fucking funny none of them are on the same page ever for all 15 seasons no one's ever on the same page ever nobody nobody ever knows what's going on they're all in different television shows for 15 seasons (laughs) okay oh i did like the cut they did here so jj goes okay well we've got a case and gideon goes what is it and then it just cuts to jj to the briefing room where JJ's explaining it. They, instead yeah, it's a of nice, like, like, 
trimming the yeah. fat, saving just a few seconds. Yeah, like when they when they like you know they're doing the kind of like close up shots. Here's JJ's face, Gideon's face, and then when he asks that, it switches back to JJ, but she's in a new room and now she's briefing them. And I really like that transition. Oh, and so JJ's handing out the files, and. <laughs> Hotch reaches for one and JJ just passes over his hand and gives it to L instead. Like he's talking and he like holds his hand out and then he's like, Ugh! and then he like holds it out again for her hand. Fuck, it was funny. I was like, yeah, JJ, give it to L first. <laughs> Missionary is so cool, gang. <laughs> we just like love how JJ hates men. She hates men this entire episode. <laughs> it's so funny. Every episode. Okay. So they thought it was the dad that took the kid. So this is what confused me, right? Mm -hmm. Because the intel that they have, right, is that somebody saw a man with a leash leading the girl away in a green SUV. The dad drives like a yellow pickup, doesn't have a dog. Like, yeah, he's not answering his phone, but like the big points of information that they have in this case do not fit the father so i don't understand why he was like i get it it's a divorce she wanted to see him he wanted more time i get that and i, I know that like second parent child deductions are kind of like one of the most common child deductions yeah but like none of the details pointed to the father it i don't know exactly why yeah i don't know if they were just like we haven't been able to rule him out therefore like he's a suspect and then he shows up and i guess he's been he's being cagey because of the whole like i don't know having cancer thing but mm-hmm. i don't know he just doesn't fit any of the details but they're so suspicious of him it's yeah it's, it's kind of weird they they like they make a big deal out of the fact that she wanted to go over to, like, his house and hang out with him or whatever. Yeah. But also. But also, like. She's, she's 10. A child. Yeah. <laughs> can't, if you can't get in contact with the dad at all. Yeah. Then I would immediately still treat that as something fishy. That's Because, like. But also, he shows that's up. That's a 10-year-old girl. That's true. Like, but also, like, he shows up and he's literally in the house the entire time. And they're still like, you ha- not only are they like, you have her hiding, but they're also like, you're still somehow going to kill her before 24 hours is up. But it's like, he's there. He's there. How they, is he going to hurt her? I think her? they kind of. I think they kind of like moved away from him being a suspect. They were just like, you're not being helpful at all, sir. So can yeah, you like buck the fuck up, bud? We have work to do. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be somewhat responsible for your daughter's death because you haven't bucked the fuck up, bud. That's true. Okay, you know? so, yeah. So the girl's been missing for 20 hours. Reed gives us, like, the helpful hint that's, like, 75% are dead after three hours. And they're pretty much all dead after 24. And so everyone goes, oh, so we have four hours? And I was like, another time limit. A solid, like, half of these episodes, they've been like, we only have eight hours. We only have three hours. We have, like, 45 minutes. I'm just like, God, with the time limits. They do it. They, like, they show this one in an interesting way, though, because, like, they 
do the thing where Reed just sort of like walks onto a green screen of some other location. And then he's like walking through some kids as they're at the park swinging. And then they just have the children disappear off of the swing set in accordance with the like um, percentages that he's saying. And I'm like, okay, this is bonkers, but also (laughs) the symbolism is is so strong here. For real, for I real. bet they really thought they were doing something with that one, you they know? They really thought they were being creative. <laughs> okay. So, the team all packs into an SUV, drives over. So, they're going to Williamton, Delaware. So, they definitely did a little tiny road trip for the, like, <laughs> two-hour drive, which I do love imagining. And you I need to go back and see music. where everyone... I need to go see where everyone was sitting. Because... Like, who picked the music and why like, was it 1000% Gideon? Like Hotch was driving, Gideon in the front seat. Wait, I think- wait, what? don't they get on the plane at the end of the episode? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Well, they don't I was- show them in the plane. First off, they don't show them in the plane in the beginning. They just like all drive up in a car. And I was like, oh yeah, Delaware is not that far. Um... <laughs> But then I, have, they do. I also have no idea how close any of the states on the eastern seaboard are. It's oh, so fake close. to me because it's all so close together. It's just, it's fake to me. Delaware is so close. Like the University of Delaware is like an hour and a half drive. Like we're very close. Okay. But they also like take a plane to Baltimore. <laughs> so it's like, okay, <laughs> we're just they destroying just... the environment. That's fine. Who cares, right? They wanted the plane so that they could, uh, so that they could play cards at the end of this episode really and not cute. have it be weird. <laughs> They're just like in a tiny car playing like <laughs> I Spy. Yeah, somebody has that's like the a little. Ends. Somebody has like a board on their lap in the b- middle of the backseat. Oh, Everybody's playing funny. cards around them. <laughs> oh fuck, that's funny. That's the show I want to see. Gideon, JJ, Reed, and L get out at the. Copeland's home. Hotch and Morgan go to speak with the directive. Director. The detective. Oh my god. Can you read your own handwriting? Yeah, but my brain doesn't do words so good sometimes. That's probably a bad thing to realize as we're 20 minutes <laughs> into podcast. recording our podcast. Yeah. Episode 12 of our 324 episode podcast. <laughs> yeah, literally. Perhaps. We have so many episodes left, James. Oh, well, maybe by the end of it, my brain will talk. Good. Okay. (laughs) Gideon starts, like, barking out orders, which I don't think we've seen so much before. He's like, JJ, go talk to the press. And she's like, I'll go see if I know any of them and see what's already been said. And he's like, also talk to the uniforms and see what they got with the canvas. Elle is going to be the liaison with the family. Okay, I, like, I know this is a child kidnapping, but I would have thought that Elle would have played a bigger part because she comes from, like, the sex crimes unit. Yeah. And they make a big deal about, like, it being, like, with the whole, like, sex offender list. And then Elle is literally just, like, the babysitter for the mom, like, the whole time. That was weird. It just felt very... Maybe because she just got derailed. They were like, sorry, Elle, this isn't yours this time. It was was weird. She wasn't, like big in this whole episode no she looked good though she dyed her hair was a little darker a little longer i liked it i know she just always looks so good yeah so okay so hotch and morgan are 
talking with the detective. Well, I think they were at the park, actually. But they were just, like, walking around. Um, we find out that there's been a citywide search. There's there's a 24-7 manhunt. They've done two press conferences. They're running background checks on the, like, volunteer manhunt. But, like, everything's been come back clean. They think it's a family um, dispute. We find out that a witness saw the green SUV and there's an Amber Alert out and they saw the leash. And then the detective gets a phone call that they found a kid who might have talked to the guy. You know it's what's strange like, to me about this episode? Yes. They give all of the information in the first 10 minutes and then they get like no other clues. No, seriously. No, you're, com- you're. I'm laughing because you're completely right. They literally are like, we are doing everything. They literally say later on, that's like, we are following the child abduction protocol. <laughs> they like all of the information you need to solve this case is there within the first 10 minutes of this episode. Yeah. And the BAU just fumbles with it so bad for like yeah, a like, good 20 like- minutes. The dad being a suspect is like a red herring. And then they like the woman with the sex offender list. Which was like clearly like as all hell. I know. She was clearly like meant to be a red herring. Like the show was saying like, this is not correct. It's not going to be correct. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They just spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like just some guy is like, my neighbor's got a green SUV and a dog named Candy. Y'all should have just mentioned that earlier. Exactly. That's my thing is yeah. like it. The middle part of this episode is just nothing. There's nothing. just there's just nothing. Yeah. They get to like slap that one lady and the guy on the wrist for like using the sex offender registry like incorrectly. And I mean, it's not incorrectly, right? Like, she went on there, she found out who was living in her area, and I she mean, yeah, went, I don't like this. That was the correct way for her to, for her to use it. However, yeah, for, the case. for the fucking dad to go and just beat the shit out of the guy. Well, and they're yeah. like, you know all he did was, like, solicit a prostitute, right? Like, it wasn't child-related at all, you big fucking dummy. And they was... get to, like, do that preachy law enforcement moment, and you're like, okay, I was going to say, there are set... This episode is very copaganda. This episode like, is such copaganda. It's like... The whole last don't 20 minutes. Worry, don't worry about the sex offenders list. We don't need a warrant because we're going to be right. Like... The guy gets attacked and Hotch is like, go inside, just let it go. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, guys, none of and this, then later, please. Later, they, they like kind of tongue in cheek. They're like, don't worry. He's not interested in pressing charges. You're lucky for that. And like, yeah, let's keep going. What because the fuck? Yeah, let's just a- keep going because there's a whole lot of this middle part of this episode that's oh, just wild. I know the middle point is middle part is so done. Okay, so they go through the girls. Gideon is like going through the girls' bedroom. It's so fucking pink. Um, he painfully sees like pink. painfully pink. He sees like a um little shrine to the dead dog. The mom is like, I don't want to talk to the press, and Ella's like, so talk to me instead. Uh, and the mom says the mom and dad have been separated for over a year. The divorce has been final for like six months. She's had a couple of dates, but, like, nobody has come to the house. 
The dog died because it got hit by a car two weeks ago. The dad made the shrine. The dad's a cancer survivor. And the mom is like, I get that he's trying to live his best life, but like, we still have responsibilities. That was in like 10 minutes. They were just like, here's the family's backstory. Yeah, they really just like front load all of the information. They give us so much information that is pointless to solving the case. The only thing they use to solve this case in the very end is that fucking green SUV they mentioned at the beginning and, the and then sort Candy. of the dog thing a little bit. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they added this whole like B plot line of like the divorce because the dad has cancer and his cancer's back and he doesn't want to tell anybody, um, which should make sense. Let's talk about this for a moment. Mm -hmm. This is kind of jumping ahead, but here's mm -hmm. what we find out. That so the husband had cancer mm -hmm. it went away came back it went away again he asked for a divorce because he did not want want to watch his family die but he didn't want to, his family to watch him die yeah but the wife let billy the girl think that she asked for it because she didn't want her to hate the maybe dying of cancer father which which is, I sure. think, fair on the mom's part. Yeah. Of like, and like when I don't want to make older, my daughter. Like... Yeah, I don't want to make her hate her father in her in like what could be his last days. Right. Um, but they do think the cancer's in remission. So the mom's point of view is he's running away from the family. And his mm -hmm. point of view is I don't want my loved ones to see me suffer. So that's kind of the family dynamic. And then we find out that his cancer has come back and the reason his phone was off and it took him so long to get to the house is because he was in new york at an oncologist mm -hmm. talking about cancer his cancer um and then the wife sees him taking the medicine and realizes that's why he's been so distant and why he's been shirking his responsibilities and then at the end Elle is like I think they're going to stay together is that good or bad and Gideon's like trust me it's good it's always good when they stay together and as a child of divorced parents <laughs> fuck you Gideon it is not good it's not I mean in this case I think 50-50 because they did still love each other there were like mm -hmm. circumstances, but I don't like the implication that Gideon is like, my marriage failed and my child didn't like me for a while. Therefore, all divorce is bad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was just a weird take for the show, a weird stance for the show to take on divorce. A weird like pro-nuclear family kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It was just weird. Like, I also thought that one was weird, but <laughs> my parents just got divorced, like, last year. So, oh. like, I'm a full-ass adult, and I just, like, don't know how I feel about it. So I was like, this is just a weird comment because I have very recently been around divorce, right? But the fact that you're also thinking it's weird makes me think that that was just a weird comment overall. My parents got divorced when I was nine. And... I mean, obviously it was very rough. And I did sympathize with the mother in this because my mother definitely like struggled with that. Like I have failed as a woman and a person because my marriage crumbled kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So I get it. Uh, and I sympathize about that with her. Uh, and I do think she made the right choice letting the daughter be angry at her. Because like if the father had died, the daughter would have been like in a good place with him. And then when she was older, the mother could be like, hey, I want you to like understand this, the real situation of it, you know, like, or not, you know, and the daughter would get over it or something, you know? Yeah. Um, Children are resilient. It's just fucking divorce. I like hate, I just like hate in media and then therefore in life when people treat divorce like it's some sort of moral failing or like it's gonna wreck a child. Like I had somebody, I was in AP English and one of the kids was literally like, you know, I heard that divorced kids like do worse in school. Like that's why there aren't any divorced kids in this class. And I was like, my parents are literally like divorced. What are you talking about? (laughs) And I just like hate that perception that like if your parents get divorced, like people break up. Like I know they have kids, but like, relationships end people break up like just because they're like and they have to do more paperwork for it doesn't mean it ultimately (laughs) isn't just a fucking breakup right yeah that's literally it and i get that if you like involve god in your marriage it might mean more than that but ultimately it's like we did the paperwork we broke up and now we gotta undo the paperwork yeah it's like oh darn now i won't get as good as tax benefits as i have been and it's hard you know breakups are hard but like i don't think divorce is any worse than somebody like if you're you dated for a year you've been married for four you get divorced it's not any worse than someone who's been dating for five years and then breaks up you know it's the same thing but there might be a child in the mix so you got to make some different choices like i just i just dislike that this episode was like think of the children don't get divorced. It's also like, it's also like if one person cheats, then you're like, okay, well that's not a moral failing on the other person's part. Their partner was just kind of a fucking dick. And so they should get divorced. And also you like, it's just so like people get divorced for so many reasons. And like, sure. Maybe this father just like really needs to go to therapy so bad Uh to like deal with his shit. And like, I get that right. Men go to therapy. Men go to therapy. Also. Wow. Treating that like a moral failing of anybody's part and being like, it's always better if they stay together at this point. No, it's not. You're probably a pretty shit partner. If all you can think about is your family is constantly watching you die. And like, also, he lives 15 minutes away. Like, they didn't get divorced and he fucking ditched. Like, yeah. the daughter still sees him all the time. They spoke like he had helped her make the shrine in her room for the dog. And that was like yeah. two weeks ago. Like, like, the difference is they don't live in the same house. And, like, they talk about how the it was suspicious that the father didn't fight for custody. But one, he's literally terrified he's gonna die of cancer why would he fight for custody of a kid if he could just like die soon right so one i think that's actually very responsible on his part yeah if he if they were if his if the father is like listen i know that my cancer is in remission i also know that it could come back and the third time i might not make it i don't want to be responsible legally for my child, but I would like to still be in that child's life and have a good relationship with her while I can. That's fine, dude. Why does Criminal Minds hate, like, responsible people? It's also, like, I mean, it does a very similar thing later on when JJ gets pregnant, 
And they have this whole backtracking where she's secretly been dating Will for a year. And that's why she's pregnant. And then they like, don't get married. But like, she agrees to let him live with her. And like the whole time, JJ's like, I do not want to be part of a nuclear family. And Criminal Minds said, fuck you. If you're pregnant, there will be a man in the picture. Criminal Minds is, is like very that. You know? Yeah. Criminal Minds yeah. is so, like, pro-nuclear family, it makes me a little fucking sick sometimes. pro But I think that just... Yeah, I think that just falls in line with it being copaganda. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, now that we've had that, well, that'll take some time out of some future discussions. Um, okay. <laughs> the dad shows up. Everyone's like, why the fuck did you have your phone turned off? And he's like, I'm sorry. And the mom's like, what if our child had gotten sick? Which I... I understand you want to be able to reach the other parent, but like the mom is completely capable of taking that child to the hospital. And then when the dad's phone turns on again, he can. But help. also, currently her child is missing. So... But her child is currently missing. I yeah. Like it's not, it's not like a, what if she was sick and didn't want to reach you? I think this was just her being like, hey, the worst thing that could possibly happen is currently happening. Can yeah. you maybe have your phone on like a responsible adult? I and, also, like, very yeah. fair. Yeah. I also, like, don't understand why he wouldn't tell them he was out of town. Like, even if he was like, I'm going to New York for the day. Because, again, it's not that far. But, like, the daughter is actively being like, dad is going to come pick me up from here when he is out of town. Yeah. That was something else. I was like, he doesn't, he could like be lying about the reason. Maybe the mom thinks he has like a secret girlfriend or something, you know? It doesn't have to be like totally red herring on this dad. I don't know. I, I didn't like the way they handled a, um, I don't want to say broken family, a, an, an untypical, an atypical familial arrangement. I don't mm -hmm. like the way they handled that, you know? Um, okay, okay. Then, though, we get JJ being a boss-ass bitch. <laughs> okay, first off, it's our um, bi-weekly JJ outfit check-in. <laughs> yeah, how's, how's the outfit looking this week? That shirt, fucking 1980s. It's like silk. It's like, it's not paisley. It's not tie-dye. It's kind of like color block, but like flowy color block. I love it. I love, I love that they've decided JJ wears like tall collars. And if it's not like, sometimes they're like up to her chin and sometimes they're folded down. So she's got those like sharp points. Ugh, love that for her. She's got a wool black like floor length trench coat and then like five inch tall black boots god i love that bitch she's and then a brown already... belt that does not match anything she's wearing she's already pretty tall though right like aj cook no. is like she's like five six okay so she's like a normal height for a person i'm yeah. for reference i am five feet tall so six inches really? is like a lot to me yes um oh my god i'm five foot six so like you're not short, though. Like, I why are you wearing thick five-inch no, boots? Here, in her defense, because Elle wears boots, too. In her defense, Matthew Gay Goobler 
is like a giraffe. Six plus. Aaron Hotchner, tall. Derek, tall. Gideon, medium for a man, I guess. Um, so even if JJ like is average height, there are pictures of her where she is standing in the group of them and her head is like chest level with every man. <laughs> That's fair. Men on you know? TV are always so fucking tall. I know. Sometimes they're really short and then they wear platforms to feel better about themselves. <laughs> um, but, but That's just in- comical to me because I have never once worn platforms in my life and I'm five feet tall. I used to wear, when I wore heels, I used to wear like a six inch heels that made me six foot. And I love oh that God. shit. Yeah, that was my jam. Um, now I just, now I have a tall wife and I'm the short <laughs> one. There's a seven inch height difference between us. There's, there's the height of JJ's heels between us. <laughs> you can stack that yeah. heel on your head or on your foot either way. I do like, though, that like sometimes later on she'll wear like stilettos, I think, on days when they're going to be in the office the whole time. But she is wearing, they're like chunky heels, more practical. Like they're These are much taller heels. than they need to be. But, you know, they're boots, so they're not ankle turners. And they're thick, so she's not like sinking into grass. So I think she could run in them if she needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I give, I do give her that. But she looks real good in this episode. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we get the classic hair tucked behind her ears, but then like the back part, like coming forward. So she's got like the smooth and then the long. That doesn't make any sense. I'm making hand gestures, but I know. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you're a JJ lover, and you know exactly the hair style I'm talking about. Classic JJ. <laughs> I like that you're assuming that everybody who listens to our Criminal Minds podcast loves JJ. Yeah, because, like, I am. statistically, there's probably some folks who are just, like, ambivalent on JJ or who don't like JJ, but still do like Criminal Minds. And <laughs> they, do they put up with listen our J- to our- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they put up with us and oh. our bi-weekly JJ outfit check-ins. But they're <laughs> they just, just like- They just put her in the I- most bonkers things. I don't really understand. do. Anyway, they anyway, really that's do. not the point. My point is, okay, she and Reed, they're walking across the lawn and she's like, I'm going to go see if I know any of these reporters. And then, okay, the situation with this reporter is big ex-boyfriend vibes, right? Such ex-boyfriend vibes. <laughs> she looks over and then goes, from be- sees him from behind and goes, well, 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 look who it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes over the most like, stereotypical new york reporter and she's like you drove all the way down from new york and he's like a story is a story like (laughs) (laughs) oh simone is just so good and of course she's like yeah we're gonna do a press compensator and then he tries to be all like charming and he's like come on jj and her face just freezes like you see in that moment like (laughs) JJ has chosen violence. (laughs) It's like, you know that meme where it's like a freeze frame right before disaster? (laughs) And then it's like to be continued? I feel like that's JJ's face in this moment. It is the freeze frame right before disaster. And then she leans in really close to him and she's like, you might want to rethink that tie. That's queen Love of my life. Love of my life, Jennifer Jarreau. Yeah, she's he's all like, come on, JJ, for old time's sake. Oh, wait, I actually wrote it down. Come on, JJ, give me something for old time's sake. And then she like leans in and she like looks around all sneaky. 
and like leans in and it's like you might want to rethink that tie and then she goes and winks and just walks away Ah, queen shit okay big ex-boyfriend vibes such big Mm ex-boyfriend vibes Mm -hmm. and to this i have to say jj you got bad taste girl the men no i'm not gonna talk shit about will not he's, yet, anyway. He's written... The show did a poor job with him in the beginning because they were really trying to rush um, getting JJ a baby daddy. But after that, he is kind of like male wife queen. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Shout out to, you know, that guy for, like, getting paid. You know, put some money sure. on the table. He is, like, Fucking... the most non-character. He is the most non-character in all of Criminal Minds. So I feel like comparing this ex-boyfriend and then later on will i'm like jj your taste is so questionable her taste (laughs) in men her taste in women impeccable l (laughs) emily hello (laughs) exactly exactly Uh, but like jj's like that bisexual who like bad tasted men great taste in women gideon's like it could be you why are you busy where have you been and this is where the husband is like I was in New York seeing an oncologist. Here's his name. Call the hospital. And Gideon's like, oh, we will. And then he turns to Elle and he goes, call the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so... Fuck Gideon, dude. And the guy is like sitting in the seat and Elle like flips open her flip phone and is like holding it and like looking at the dad. She's like on the phone. She's just like staring at the dad like, oh, I'm calling. (laughs) Oh, I'm checking. I'm checking. (laughs) Oh, I will be checking. Yeah. So Hotch and Derek go to a house in the neighborhood. This is where the we see that woman for the first time who's like, do you know how many sex offenders like live around us? Like this is what we get for like living near like pedophiles and, and sex freaks. But like, ma'am, you do live in this neighborhood. Like if you're this paranoid, you must have checked the crime statistics before you moved here. You know? It's also like she like says it like the police are just gonna like go around evicting people for living yeah. where I'm assuming they're like far enough from schools or whatever that like yeah, they are living within their bounds. It's just they happen to live a few blocks away from you. Yeah, you know? so if you have a if you're on the sex offender list because of a crime with involving children, you're not allowed to live within a certain distance of a school. Mm-hmm. And I know this because in Miami, you'll be driving around and all of a sudden you'll see like four tents randomly somewhere. And it's because like, that's the only place in that section that they can like. Oh, wow. Live. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a real like, that's how I learned about like <laughs> child predators was being like, why do these two people live here on the way out? to the Everglades and my mom having to be like well they can't live any closer to a school and I was like well okay (laughs) yikes okay (laughs) there are so many schools in Miami it's like ridiculous so I like understand like I can't it would be very hard to find a patch of land you know so if they're living if they're allowed to live near children then if they are just like sex offenders not of of crimes not involving children yeah there's and like and like some like there's a TV show called Raising Hope that I really love. And one episode, they find out that the dad is on the sex offender list. And it's because he was 18 and his girlfriend was 15. And they were caught, like, having sex in the car. 
mm-hmm. so he became a registered sex offender. You know, like there's people like that too, and you can get your name cleared if you go out. You know, but yeah. So if they're living there and they didn't have to do the thing where they come and they knock on your door, I feel like you're fine. Yeah, it's like they kind of mentioned like there's a whole lot of ways to get on that list and not all of them involve children. In fact, a large majority of them don't. don't. Yeah, like being a sex offender doesn't mean you're a child predator. Yeah, exactly. Like I really hope one that sex work becomes legal soon and two that people who are sex offenders because of just like you know not like doing anything harmful to a sex worker but just because they like went to a sex worker mm-hmm. get off that list yeah because they this is something that comes up in this episode where this lady later on comes up to the house and she's like here's all of the predators or okay. here's all of the she like says it very accusingly like mm-hmm. here's all of the predators that live in the neighborhood and she hands the dad a picture and the dad like runs off gets in his truck and goes over to beat the dude up with a wrench and they're like they're like what the fuck stop all this dude did was like solicit a prostitute nothing related to children at all they're like but he's on the sex offender list it's like well yeah yeah. yeah, but also Mm -hmm. for a relatively harmless yeah and it's interesting because we actually learn right before this happens really is it right before we... Ha- yeah, right before it happens, we learn from Garcia. So, okay, let's, so let's get there. So, Hotch and Derek go to the house. They meet this woman. Sex offender list is brought up. They talk to this little girl named Connie. And Hotch mm-hmm. is so cute with her. Hotch is like, so hello, Connie. Kids. I'm Aaron Kochner. And, like, shakes her hand and is, like, adorable. Yeah. Uh, and... Hotch, so real. Dad had Hotch, yeah. And she's like, I had to get home for lunch or I'd be grounded. And Hotch was like, mothers will do that. <laughs> it's like so <laughs> Hotch. <laughs> I love that Hotchner. Um, yeah, so she's like, he said he lost his dog named Candy. Um, and then he came back after lunch. And everyone was like, I'm sorry. He came back to the park <laughs> to talk to you again? That's not normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Connie and her mom go to the station to look at, I guess, a book of sex offenders in the area. Um, and they start talking about the whole group does like a little check in in front of the Copeland's house. Yeah. And they're like, OK, so he's going to be comfortable in the area. He's going to be known. Um, he probably had a dog at one point, probably named Candy. Um, and they they decide that, well, they're like, are you following proper protocol? And the detective is like, yes, we are following the child abduction response plan. And Gideon's like, no, no, get the cops off the street. Take it off the news. It's time to, we got to move past the guidelines. I want everybody to know that James just did the funniest hand motion known to man. And it was such a Gideon hand motion. It's like, it's like crab hands above the head. You're just but like blah, 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 blah. Italian, like kind of just like. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was doing, though. He was like hands in the air, like we got to move past it. We got to go. We got to we go. move past the guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, JJ, gather the reporters. 
He uh, says, gather up these clowns, which I think yeah. is so fucking funny. <laughs> I bet JJ walked right up to her boyfriend and went, come on, clown. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just love the fact that... Uh. I love the fact that reporters are so important to so many of the cases that they do. And yet, and yet. Gideon is like, fetch me the clowns. Get me by <laughs> Bring in the clowns. Fetch Where me the clown, are Jester, the clowns? Jingle, jangle your way in here. Like, what the fuck? Jingle, jangle, sadly, right? <laughs> yeah, so, okay, here's the thing, though, right? They don't show up again for so long he's like hey jj go get the reporters and then like it cuts to them giving the profile to police officers so i was like then why are we we don't need to mention the like we don't need to mention the reporters because i thought we were going to go see the press conference but it was not so yeah they're giving the profile here we go um time restraint cancel the amber alert no police um I wrote pedophile montage. Oh, because they have Garcia then looking up sex offenders in the area. Right. And it's like Derek being like, hey, can you dig a little deeper on these? And she's like, dude, there's like right. nobody convicted of child sex crimes yeah. like in the area. They say like it's going to be his first time abducting. Um, I forget why they said that. Because he came back to the park, I guess. Right, because it's close to home. There's going to be a ton of porn in the house. He probably has or had a dog named Candy. He's not going to inject himself into the situation because he's, like, skittish. Um, And then, yeah, Derek calls Penelope and is like, um, hey, baby girl, find me those sex offenders. And she, like, tells him about the flowers and is like, are you jealous? And he goes, Garcia. Sex. Uh. Fenders. <laughs> yeah. So there's none, no level three. There's two level twos. One is six miles away. One's nine. None of them involving children. And then there is a level one, one mile away, who is the guy that hired a sex worker. Um, so we find that out before anything happens. We, like, know there's one in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut back to the house. Elaine, the mom... Sees the husband taking meds, realizes he's got cancer. Elle is trying to talk them into doing a press conference, and then the doorbell rings. Who could that be, I wonder? I wonder who. I wonder who it is. I literally, when that happened, I was like, who is that? <laughs> I was like, who's, it's, who's coming? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's because I didn't expect this episode to follow through on any of the things they planted in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, because none of them like ever came through. Exactly. And so when the doorbell rings and it's this one nosy lady who has like now has like printouts of all of the sex offenders in the area. Yeah. Which, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she like knocks on the door and she was like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but like here are all the sex offenders that live in your area. First of all, there's like four and she's got like pages and pages, um, which is like, okay. Yeah, and then um, the dad just, like, takes one of the papers and just fucking takes off and bolts. And yeah. L comes up to this woman and she's like, what did you do? What did you do? And then the yeah. woman was just like, I just thought he should know. And then Elle's just, like, stupid and flips open her phone. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Gives her, like, the most intense side eye of, like, 
God, how stupid can you be? And then goes on her way. And I'm like, also, Elle's like in the house and she sees the guy take off running and her whole body just goes like, Ugh. her body just like <laughs> slumps. She and she's like, so oh, tired God. Of this. Yeah, and she goes over, stupid. And just like runs, bolts. Um, Copeland goes to the guy's home, attacks him with a huge fucking wrench. <laughs> Yeah. The dude's got like a six pack and takeout. He's like, I'm just fucking chilling in my house. Um, the guy just starts wailing on him, and Derek, like, oh, Derek <laughs> does like a leaping tackle. Like Derek fully like flips over the man. He onto fully the flies across yeah. this yard. Amazing, Derek Morgan. I mean, not great. Don't do that, cops. But to see Shamar in action, like. <laughs> It's a sight to behold. I'll be real. The athleticism. Um, And then Hotch. Okay. I know Hotch is supposed to be like formal and button up. But he does have to like wrestle the other guy. And he's like wearing a full suit. And I was just like, I wonder how many suit jackets Aaron Hotchner like tears open. His dry cleaning and tailors bill has to be so large i bet he just has like he has seven black suits and every morning he drops off the one he wore the day before and then and picks up the one for the next day or maybe he has two and every day he just rotates them to the dry cleaner because they're all exactly the same he he has a cartoon character closet that's for sure where it's just like (laughs) 20 of the same identical thing. Yeah. He and Penelope exist at opposite ends of the cartoon (laughs) character wardrobe spectrum. Honestly, so true. (laughs) (laughs) You're completely correct. This is like whenever they open somebody's closet in Scooby-Doo and it's just like seven of the same thing. And you're like, ah. Like, oh, yeah. The Powerpuff Girls open their closet and it's just all the same dresses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like in, I don't know if you ever watched it, but in Archer, there's a gag where he's like, should I go with the black turtleneck or the slightly darker black turtleneck? (laughs) Uh, Emily Prentice vibes. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Hodge gets the other guy and is like, let it go. Go into the house. He's just like, just go inside, Uh, dude. And then the dad does start crying in Derek's arms, which, you know, mood, I guess. If I were held by Derek Morgan... I would also I would just start sobbing like yeah. a baby. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those arms. When they cradle you, you must just feel so safe. Up against his manly, manly back. Does that? Does this sound straight enough for people? Is this doing something for somebody out there? I just think Derek Morgan is like, just like scrumptious. You know? <laughs> He's so tasty. That's what straight women say, isn't it? Look at I him. Think so you He's sounded very delicious. straight. I love men. <laughs> you said that with such an exaggerated, like, I love men. Like your mouth <laughs> just opened up really wide, like you were trying to let the lie I, out, but you like, I had to let all the lie out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very sexually attracted to Derek Morgan. I'm I mean, super, super, yeah, I'm definitely straight. Uh-huh. Really into mm-hmm. men. Yeah, yeah, that's why we do a Derek Morgan outfit check every episode. 
Okay. Can we talk about not men now? Or can we talk about the men in a different scene now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about not men. Reed, Gideon, and the detective, whose name comes up probably once. I do not remember. And I apologize to her for that. Um, But I am also calling the parents the mother and the father. So, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so they're in a car. And... Um, this is actually a very cute moment. Gideon is like, stranger danger is the worst thing that like ever happened. And Reed is like, oh, they used to come to our school. Officer Smiley and his like coloring books. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Reed. Hell yeah. It's, like, it's one of those moments where you remember that Reed is like a good 20 to 30 years younger than Gideon is. Yeah. And Gideon like- is like, I was already running the BAU. In the 80s, and you were, like, literally probably nine. Like, <laughs> you were nine years old. In high school, and learning but also about stranger nine. danger. <laughs> but basically, the whole point here that Gideon's trying to make is, like, this is one of the most damaging things we've ever done for child abductions because stranger danger is, like, people being taken by strangers is 1% of kids that are taken the majority the vast majority are by people they know so we taught kids about the dangers of one type but we left them more vulnerable to the Mm. other 99 and so that his whole point is like we've been wrong about the playbook before so all we can do is just try and be better this time that's true i do i would like to say though that in this episode she is taken by like a strange man in the park like like he is 100 percent. most violent crimes you know sexual assault all that kind of stuff kidnapping are done by people you know and i get that and it is an important point to make but like she was kidnapped by like the most stereotypical man pretending to have a lost dog in a park yeah so like yeah exactly it's a good point i don't know why gideon had his little monologue here I mean, I guess because he's, like, in the neighborhood. Also, like, I don't know my fucking... I mean, I could, like, by sight, I know some of my neighbors. The one that live on my street, not the ones that live two miles away. Like, I'm sorry they're not your neighbors. I'm trying to think... I live in an apartment building. And I'm trying to think of the first names of any of my neighbors. Oh, I could not tell you. I mean, I I live in a house. I could not tell you. I know one because I it is a friend from college who referred me to this place. Like that is the only one of my neighbors that I know by first name or even like by sight. I don't know most of them. Yeah. I mean I I I understand that like it's like a suburb. There's a lot of moms home in this, you know, middle of the day, or oh, it could be a weekend. You know, the kids are all playing basketball together with only a couple of parents there. So I get that this is like a community but if like an adult lives alone without a kid even if he's the most social person like the moms of the area are probably not going to know him very well and they talk about like he does solitary activities like mowing his lawn and like working on his car like so he's a single dude in his 30s like and that makes him a child predator? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. The guy, obviously, the unsub is a child predator, 
videotaping yeah. porn all that like i get that but just like the things that we are being told about this man are just like single guy bought a house maybe he got divorced and kept the house maybe he bought it to find a woman and start a family you know like but he just like owns a house and takes care of it and therefore yeah it's just like lawn maintenance is a is a solitary activity i guess like but also like it's not because the whole reason he gets found is because one of his neighbors is always talking to him about his lawn yeah. He never and has like, crabgrass. That's the whole thing. So they're wrong because he uses like, it as a door to social interaction. I don't understand. They also were like, you know, he might fix his car in his driveway. That's not like a antisocial activity. Yeah. And we know he has a garage because the car is being kept in his garage. He's purposefully taking his car out into public to work on it. It's like, These are not- that's like, I don't know, I feel like working on your car outside in your, you know, in your driveway or on like the court, on like the street or something. That's like inviting somebody to like come talk to you about your car, right? Right. When I like look I- outside in my, in my apartment, like parking lot and there's somebody like fixing his car, it'll take probably, you know, 20, 30 minutes. But one of the other guys in the apartment complex is going to be like, hey, dude, what's up? What you doing? Do you need an extra pair of hands? Like, that's right. like a social activity if you are doing it outside yeah, and like inviting and, other people to talk to you about it. I don't know. And just like being outside, people are going to be walking around. And like the kids put outside, we see people walking. Like there will be people around to probably say hi to him. So it's like, like, I feel like if they wanted to describe like an older man who is solitary, it would be like, we always see his TV on in the window. He, you know, gets a lot of packages. We only see him leave and come back like for work. Um, yeah, but it's that they shit. just decide to describe regular suburban things that people do. I mean, with the way this episode talks about like the nuclear family they're basically being like yeah a single man in his 30s owning a house in a suburban neighborhood that's suspicious yeah no that's honestly what it kind of feels like like he drives a big car which is suspicious he likes to make sure the outside of his house is maintained that's suspicious like what also, they say that, like, he's usually home. And then that day, like, all the lights were off. So, like, looked like he wasn't home. And that's why they were really surprised. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. People, like, like if you're, work so, if from you, their homes. If you're suspicious because you haven't, like, seen this guy all day, then he's not that solitary and secluded. You're used to seeing him around around like half the profile is like you're gonna know who he is you're gonna talk to him you're gonna see him walking his dog you're gonna see him like talking to the kids but also solitary no friends always home it's like you kind of both this i don't think this episode my rating on this episode is gonna be so low about what it was saying at all you know from fucking wheels medium to fucking wheels in hell 
Yeah, as we're talking more about this episode, my wheels are going down and down further. <laughs> this episode really makes my wheels go down. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is making my wheels deflate pretty poor, pretty pretty badly. Dude, stop. You're going to make my wheels go down. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. Okay. Um Okay. They get an anonymous call. Oh, no. They get an anonymous call that there was a body found in a river off of Route 6. And it's like 10, 4, 11, girl, brown hair, green eyes. And so the detective goes and is like, I should have done this sooner. I should have done this sooner. This is the moment that I meant before. So Gideon and Reed go to, like, see the body. And then they do that weird VHS recorder thing but like i thought that was like the unsub videotaping so like why is it just randomly being used like i think it's supposed to clue us the audience and make us be like oh my god is that billy one it's not that girl had super long hair and we know that billy has a bob um so there you go we know it's not her but if that's supposed to be the like pov of the killer why are you using it when the killer isn't around and then later on, when they find the killer's house and they find, like, the home videos, then it's, like, a whole thing. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things Gideon, in this this episode I don't think is especially, like, a good one. No. So let's keep going. Um, the police. They're at the police station. Um, and... They're like, the guy's not going to press charges. And he's like, he's a sex offender. And they're like, that doesn't make him a pedophile. He just got caught with a sex worker. Um, and then they say, okay, this was just a moment. I, I don't have too much to analyze here. But they say there are a lot of reasons to be on the sex offender list. And JJ's face, she was very, like, affected by that comment. And I was like, baby, no. <laughs> no, baby, no. <laughs> What happened to you, baby? No. It was a lot of like, I don't know what was going on with this episode, but I don't think anybody, even the actors, were like super into it, you know? Yeah. It was so weird. They like, they like set up a lot of like JJ character moments, but then made no comment on them. Like we saw her thing with the reporters. So we're like, oh, she like knows a lot of reporters. There's like a good chance she'll know someone here. And then we like, like, that's cool to know. And then we see her like ex-boyfriend and we're like, oh, sometimes she dates reporters. Like, that's cool. And then they mentioned like, there's a lot of reasons to be on the sex offender list. And she has like an emotional like moment, but then they don't do anything about it. And then later, okay, we'll get there. Um, okay, okay. So they're like, let's do a press conference. And everyone's confused because they just took all the stuff off the TV. Um, and JJ basically says like, what we're going to do is we're going to ask for witnesses who have a green SUV. Like right now, this guy is probably scared. So if we say he's not a suspect, he's just a witness that we would like to talk to, we're more likely to have somebody reach out about it. Because like no one's going to look at their neighbor, which this, by the way, is false. No one's going to look at their neighbor and think he's a suspect. But if we just say he's a witness, then then they'll call. Um... Which I can't imagine is true. I'd snitch on any of my fucking neighbors if I thought the child was missing. <laughs> I mean, a fucking child is missing. And they say, like, he's got a green SUV, used to have a dog named Candy. 
I'd be like, oh my god, it's fucking Ted. You know? <laughs> Is that Ted? I always kind of fucking hated Ted, but Ted! <laughs> the guy's not, I mean, the guy's not Ted Bundy. You know, like Ted Bundy, everyone kept being like, I mean, he does drive like the green beetle. He does do this, but it can't be him. Like, this is not that guy, you know? So whatever, off topic. They're going to really pressure. They need to look like they're way off base so the guy feels more comfortable. Um, This, by the way, amounts to nothing in terms of the killer's behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, we're going to relieve pressure. We want to seem like we're way off base so we don't, like, scare him. We want it more likely that he'll call. No. Uh, neighbor calls, which they were also you know- trying to get, but... It was Here's just like... something I think I noticed while we're talking about this. Mm. For a show about criminal minds, <laughs> the psychology of it all, you know, mm-hmm. the philosophy behind crime, right? Yes, of course. This episode, pretty far off base. <laughs> pretty, like, really kind of screwed the pooch here. I'm not going to lie to you. They yeah, really I mean, fucked it up. There's criminals and there's minds, but the... The criminal mind of it all. It's just like this episode <laughs> was not good. <laughs> no, it was a bad one. It was good for only JJ and everyone else was terrible. Also, Dad Hotch. Other than that, terrible. It's just such a weird episode. Yeah. Okay. We have a press conference. JJ gets up there and is like, hey, they're going to speak. We ask for your compassion and patience. And I was just like, Oh, that's a weird way to start a press conference. Okay. It just felt odd. Like we asked for your compassion from the reporters, which was, I don't know. Um, The father speaks, reiterates, it's not a suspect, but a witness. And then her fucking ex-boyfriend is like, so like, what about the body they found in the river though? <laughs> which like, I feel like that's why they asked for their compassion to be like, hey, if you could not mention the body we found in the river, that would be dope. The, of course, the parents haven't heard about it yet. I mean, Gideon and Reed aren't even back from the fucking river yet. So the parents don't yeah. know about it. They're like, what? What body? What? JJ basically stomps over and she's like, what the fuck, Hal? You call that compassion? And he's like, why wouldn't you tell them about it? And she just goes, nothing has been confirmed yet. <laughs> just like stomps off. And I was like, go off, queen, our first <laughs> really angry JJ. Yeah, yeah, tell him. <laughs> and she calls him Hal. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's an ex-boyfriend. That's an ex-boyfriend for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, that's what you call compassion, Hal. Um, okay. So Gideon's like, it was just some junkie, some short junkie. Um, so they're running out of time. I think that they're, they're like, we've got 30 minutes. Also, like. I love the idea that the killer is like, gotta wait for 24 hours for a killer. <laughs> I'm sorry, my watch, I'm sorry, I need about 30 minutes. Is Don't everybody, wait, kid. Is everybody's watch synced up? Is everybody everybody good? Okay, we're gonna start the 24-hour countdown? Yeah. Now. Hey, now. <laughs> like, we've got 30 minutes before it's been 24 hours. Like, I know that they use the time constraint as like a plot driving device and and most of the time i'm here for it but the way that they are like at 24 hours not a minute before not a minute after (laughs) he will be murdering a child (laughs) yeah i was just like what the fuck also okay james yes i this episode didn't particularly hold my attention in the greatest (laughs) of ways okay i don't know if that's become 
more evident the more we talk about it. But uh-huh. what the fuck was up with that second body in the river? Okay, I will tell you. It was a junkie. Did, here's my question though. Yes. Did Gideon just say that to get the parents to chill the fuck out? Or no. was it actually? It was actually, I mean, we know as soon as it's pulled out of the water that it is not the girl because mm-hmm. this body has long hair and the girl has a bob. So immediately we, we if, if you pay attention to that kind of thing, know that it is not the girl. But later Gideon says, no, it was a junkie. She's been in the water for days. Is what Gideon says. Okay. Yeah, so it's this not This is, again, her. we talked about it. They don't even give this dead person, like, a name or anything beyond... Oh, it was a junkie. Junkie. <sighs> like, I don't love the way that we just, like, criminalize drug users, but okay. Yeah, and they, they don't even, like... <laughs> that's it. They don't even say, like, someone else will investigate that. Yeah. I mean, she's in a fucking river. She's She didn't get there on accident, gang. Hey, gang, right. some shit happened. Like, she's in her fucking, like, camisole and pajama bottoms in a river. Like, just because she was, like, a drug user doesn't mean that she wasn't, like, murdered. Um, Even if they had given a looks like she was, like, on a bridge and fell when she did the drugs and drowned. Like, even, like, something that's not just, like, oh, yeah, forget about that body was a junkie. Bye. I didn't like that. Do you remember in a few episodes ago in the popular kids when we were yes. like, wow, it's really wildly dehumanizing that they just didn't give a shit about the other dead body they found in this yeah. episode. Yeah. They kind of did that again, huh? They did. What's up with that? Yeah. I mean, at least I guess at least in that episode, Gideon was like, if you go through your missing persons, you'll probably find this one. They like mm-hmm. implied that the person would be named and family sought for this was literally like who gives a shit who cares you know? about a junkie like yeah okay. Okay. or like it was a junkie the station has the detail like something that makes it seem like this person was a human being criminal minds hey criminal minds hey criminal minds you're best when everybody is humanized so maybe like yeah. Also, like, not to be rude, but one of the main characters does become a junkie next season for a hot five episodes. So if you could not talk about <laughs> junkies. Yeah, if you could not things. criminalize, like, drug addicts in this way, that'd be super cool. Anyway. Anyway. Like, it didn't even have to be a junkie. It could have been, like, no, looks like William Tin has bigger issues. Like, some, make it some comment. Also, the fact that it goes nowhere. It's like. It's like. They just wanted to, like, up the family's upsetness, you know? Yeah. I don't know how that... What page count did you need to fill by adding in those little scenes here, you know? And it was, like, the detective was... And, like, then the detective um, was, like, I can't look at the body. I should have started searching sooner. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because, like... On one hand, they thought the dad had her, but also like they didn't start like that. There is a child missing. But. Like, why would you devote resources to checking dumping sites when you could instead devote those resources on the streets to finding the kid is I think sort of the. 
trade-off that they no i mean i no i i 100 agree i i'm saying that like it took them a long time to put the cops out there to start canvassing to do that like it took them like we're we're under the pressure that it took like i mean it took 20 hours for the bau to be called Mm-hmm. So we're under the impression that it took them. I'm pretty sure they say at one point that like we thought the dad had her, so we like didn't even start looking for ten or fifteen hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like the cop is like, I should have started looking sooner, and I just wanted to be like, yeah, you should have. Correct. Correct. You know, so it's like they put the body there to like shame that one cop. But that didn't go anywhere. It just ended up shaming the poor dead woman. Yeah. Criminal Minds. This episode. Yeah. I mean, it could have been like, they could have found like a pink cast, you know, somewhere that they're like, oh shit, it's going to be her. But then it like has someone else's fucking name on it. You know, like there could have been something that did the same thing without having to dehumanize her they could have found her necklace somewhere else and then it was like a kid was like i saw it at the park and i took it you know like there there could there were other ways to do the same thing without having to be like fuck that the junkie yeah you know this show that they start talking about like how are we gonna find this guy and they're like okay well it's very secluded he's probably not gonna answer the door when they knock so we'll find somebody who didn't open the door when they were canvassing and then they were like, also, we'll, we'll combine that with, like, tips we get from the hotline. And they make it sound like the guy's going to call the hotline. Um, and he doesn't. He won't. <laughs> he won't. He's not going to. Um, oh, I said that I would have, this is why I said I would have expected more L because it's sex crimes. L is just, like, hanging out with the parents in a room. <laughs> like She's okay. just, like, hanging out. Yeah. This is where we find out that the dad wanted the divorce, not the mom. Uh, and then the dad storms out of the room and Gideon follows him and is basically like, you need to summon your fight. And the dad's like, I can't. The cancer won. It's back. Like, it's everywhere. And Gideon is basically just like, you've got a daughter who loves you. So, like, beat your cancer. <laughs> He's like, buck the fuck up, buddy. You got some shit to handle before I you know. kick the bucket. I know. Um, then they find out, okay, this guy Lomac called and was like, yeah, one of my neighbors is... Uh, it's a guy with a green SUV. And then they were like, well, there was no answer during the census or the census during the canvas, but like he's home now. And so they go to talk to Lo- Lomac and he's like, wow, you guys are fast. <laughs> I know. I love that part about the old man. They're like, wow, you guys are really quick when you're looking for an abducted child. I wonder why that is. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey. And poor little white girl. The guy's name is Don Curtis, the unsub. He has a green explorer. He goes to the park all the time. He talks with this guy about his lawn. And he had a dog named Candy that died. Um, And Lomac is like, yeah, he's the guy way at the end of the street. And I was like, you go all the way to the end of your street to talk to a man about his lawn. I like, thought it was like right next door. No. He's like, yeah, he lives at the end of the block. Is what the guy says. That's so fucking bonkers. Again, not your neighbor. <laughs> not sh- not your neighbor. I mean, I guess he lives like in your neighborhood, but that's but not like, like your neighbor. Like my, I think of neighbor as like maybe two houses on either side, and like the three houses across the street. Like that's who I would think my neighbors are. 
the houses that neighbor mine. And maybe behind, I guess, if you have houses behind you. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if, like, you have an open backyard into, yeah. like, their backyard. Like, like the box of houses around me and then maybe, like, one more. Not yeah. the end of the block. But, but, old men are so nosy. It That's doesn't true. surprise me that this guy was going all the way down the street to be like, hey, how do you make your lawn look nice? You know? Sure. And I guess the guy could have been, like, walking his dog and been like, oh, you're working on my lawn? I work on my lawn. Um, but again, that's social. So <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Derek calls Hotch. Gideon and Hotch come to the scene. The, the poor detective is like, we have no probable cause. We don't have a warrant. If you go in there and the girl is not there, all of any evidence we find is, I forget what she says. She says it gets poison. She's like, anything we yeah, find. Yeah, she's like, it's fruit of a poison tree or something, which right. I think is very hardcore. Uh, okay. She said that, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Bitch. I mean, like, you're correct, but, like, get it. Yeah. So, basically, she's like, I will call a judge. I will get us a warrant. But they start listing things that are like, it's not probable cause. But I think, well, I guess it's just kind of all circumstantial, right? He happens to drive the same car. He happens to have a dog named Candy, but that came from a child who... Might not you be know. the most reliable witness, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, no one can, like, really put him. The child can't even identify him, so can't even put him there. Like, but also, just didn't answer this little door, you know. But also... It's a lot of... We have to know how law enforcement works. This is a 10-year-old little white girl in a small town in Delaware. Yeah. That judge is going to sign whatever fucking paper you put in front of I him. I know. Just give the woman a second. Gideon is literally just like step, 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 and bolts <laughs> to the house, and everyone's going, Gideon, Gideon. And he like picks up a potted pant, smashes the window, and everyone's like, Gideon. But then, of course, once he's like opened the door, everyone's like, okay, FBI, guns up, like whatever. And then um, they go inside. He, they're doing like flashbacks to Billy's room, because so you know why Gideon is upset. Um, and then he, like, grabs the guy and, like, puts a gun to, like, his forehead. Yeah. This is an unarmed man. In his own home. In his own home. So right now, we do not know if this man has her. Right? So this is an unarmed man in his own home. You haven't knocked. You don't have a warrant. There's no non-circumstantial evidence. But Gideon is like, fuck you, I'll find that child. And then, okay. And then he goes, tear the place apart! Kitty <laughs> um, just do. has the biggest, like, grandpa yells. I don't know how know. else to describe it other than grandpa yells. What's the make? <laughs> What's the make? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they tear the place apart. No girl. And uh, Gideon is like, you found something on the computer? And Meat goes, yep, deviant photos and cartoon drawings. And Gideon says, okay, call Garcia, have them, have her shut them down. Shut down the sites. Shut down the sites. I think the implication is supposed to be that it's child pornography, but yeah. nobody has said that. You can't just like call the FBI and be like, you need to shut down Pornhub. I don't like it. So like, I know I get it that it's supposed to be children, but it really sounds like Gideon is like, have Garcia shut down the porn. Shut, shut it down. Shut down all the porn. It doesn't fit with our nuclear family thing. Please shut it yeah. all down. So Derek, poor Derek, is like watching fucking the home videos. 
Um, and then there's one video they don't show us, which I'm very thankful for, where you yes. just hear the man's voice being like, you know what I'm going to do if you resist. And everyone's kind of like, Ugh. uh, but there's no sign of the girl anywhere. So we cut to Hotch outside. The guy's like in the car, they're on the sub. And Hotch goes over, opens the door and is like, tell us where she is. And he's like, do you have a warrant? I didn't see a warrant. And Hotch is like, tell us where she is. And he's like, I want a lawyer. And Hotch goes, Listen, if you call a lawyer, we won't be able to talk to you. <laughs> and I just wanted to be like, yeah, Hotch, that's the point. That That's that's why he's calling a lawyer, Hotch. Hotch, yes. Hotchner, that's the point. <laughs> Weren't you like, a lawyer, Hotchner? Aaron Hotchner, yeah, bruh. So he's like, we won't be able to talk to you. We won't get your side of the story. We won't find the girl. Don't you want to help her? Like, it's over anyway. And the guy just goes, can you close the door? It's cold. And then Hot goes inside and says, like, he's lawyered up. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You broke into his house. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. So Gideon is, like, staring at this broom. And Gideon goes, he's the man. Which I know he meant, like, he's the unsub. But <laughs> it's not like Gideon being, like, he's the man. <laughs> and Hot was like, yeah, I know Gideon. Um, but then Gideon's like, no. He's the man. And he like picks up a broom and there's like stuff on it. And then it cuts to like the stuff being on the guy's jacket and he's like insulation. So he like looks all around and there's an air vent. Which Or there's I thought it was more like a little hatch up to an attic. No, so here's the thing. It's an air vent up to an attic. So it looks like the guy like took down the, you know, the square thing you would normally lift. And stuck an air vent up there, so it didn't look like it was worth searching. Oh, Which is very clever, honestly. Very um, clever. But also, like, why wouldn't they search the air vents? I guess it's a house. But, like, if you look at the house from the outside, there's, like, all this upstairs space. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, where does that go? It just disappears. Where, that space? Yeah. So, anyway, he, like, opens it. He's like, Hodge, help me up there. She's in there. There's like a there's like an uncovered mattress. She's like bound and gagged and like all scared and hot. Gideon's all like, "I'm here. We're I'm the FBI." And then he gives her that like clay paw print of the dog, and he's like, "I brought this for luck," and like gives it to her to carry, which is very cute. But Gideon, you could have broken that. It's clay, Gideon. <laughs> yeah. And then like he hands the girl down and then it cuts to like the same VHS footage of like happy kids like playing soccer. And I was like, I get that this is supposed to be triumphant, but like you have used this VHS filter exclusively for when pedophilia was happening. So when I would bad you things for... happen. Yeah. So don't use that in your celebratory moment, Gideon. Um, great. We cut to the jet. They're playing cards. They lose. And JJ's like, he's cheating. And Reed's like, I'm not cheating. Poker's just math and statistics. And if you count the cards. And then Hotch is like, yeah, he's from uh, Vegas. And then Gideon is like, Hotch, did you send Garcia flowers? And Hotch is like, yes, Gideon. Because people need to be reminded that they're important. And you're bad at that. And everyone is just like, oop. (laughs) And like, here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> yeah. But Gideon's like, I already sent her an MP3 player. It lasts longer than flowers unless you drop it, I guess. And he's like, now I've sent her two gifts. 
What if she thinks I'm sweet on her? And, and Elle just gives him this look of like, I no. guarantee you that won't be a problem. Yeah, and Derek and JJ immediately bust out laughing. Um, and then that's when Elle is like, is it, I think they're going to get back together. Is it good or bad? And he's like, I know. I just know that it's good. And then, I, which is like, we've talked about it. And then Gideon goes back to his office and he puts a picture of Billy on his little table. And we see that they're all pictures of people that we now assume are people he has saved. Which mm-hmm. is cute, I suppose. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Not a good one. I got more no. wheels down on it as time as we talked about it. Listen, can I rate it? Yeah. JJ in this episode, 10 out of 10. <laughs> the episode... A two out of ten. I was also gonna. I was gonna give it a one out of ten, but I fucking love JJ in this episode, so I gave it a two. I give it a one. Give it a one. I want to give it a one. Do it. But also, like, it's fine. I'm is just there you. ever fine. gonna be a worse episode in in the first season? Is there is there a worse season one episode yes. than this? Yes. 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 I'm pretty sure. Well, let me... Uh, hold on. Let's look at the name Cause of this one. Because here's the thing. We are halfway through season one right now. I guess so. Let's see. We have... Yes. Yes, there is. Yep. I know I'm exactly which episode I'm going to give a one. I know exactly which episode I'm giving a one. <laughs> I think... Here's the thing, though, is I can also have more than one, like, bottom-of-the-barrel stinker of an episode, right? You can give two episodes a one. After some deliberation. <laughs> and a dog just losing its shit outside of my window. Uh-huh. After intense deliberation inside my own brain for the last 30 seconds. Yes. I'm going to give this episode a one. Nice. The That's very first, first one one of our entire show comes here season one episode 12 what fresh hell which also does anybody say the phrase what fresh hell in this episode yeah sharon says it all the time oh in the episode no, no. that's even in real life <laughs> i was like yeah <laughs> You're like yeah i mean my wife says it a bunch <laughs> in the episode no no nobody does i don't understand i don't understand Why do they call the it title what fresh hell? what's up with that i don't know Why? This isn't know. exactly anything new or like fresh. groundbreaking. <laughs> it's like fresh. When it comes like, this isn't anything like new or like funky fresh or like groundbreaking when it comes to uh, the criminal mind. Maybe it has something to do with like the phrase itself. Um I just don't think it's a very good episode title. No. It doesn't it makes no sense. It doesn't gain the episode like any points, you know? Yeah, yeah. If even if there were some reason, like some historical reason, um, it doesn't make any sense in context of the episode. It doesn't. Nobody like says like this is hell or anything like that. It's just what fresh hell. Of course, they don't say wheels up in this episode either. So, really, just like a disappointing episode all around. If I'm gonna be very real with you. What is Super the first disappointing. Episode where they say wheels. <laughs> <laughs> if 
it's in season one, I'll be shocked. I will be surprised if it's in season one at all. That's it for this week, y'all. Tune in next time where we will be heading into the back half of season one with episode 113, Poison. Do you have an ending quote for me, James? I do have an ending quote. As, how do I say this? As Hotch pretending to be Gideon writes, I know I can be challenging, but your work is appreciated. <laughs> I just realized that that is Hotch. That's Hotch writing as Gideon. Hotch is like, what would a Gideon apology be? And it's I like know the I can most be challenging. Apology ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, he's calling Gideon challenging. I love that. You know what? Okay. And so true. It is so true, bestie. And so true, bestie.